What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast and to another episode of One on One, where we interview different Spring Hills staff and team members to find out a little bit more about their stories, their testimony, their family life, their upbringing, how they got into ministry, and of course, what their role here is at Spring Hills. And today I'm very excited because we have a special guest, and that special guest is our next-gen pastor, John Knapp. And if I sound excited for this interview, it's because I am. John and I hail from the same area code, the 209, which is the country. We both say howdy. We both say y'all. Actually, I don't think I've ever heard John say howdy or y'all, so that's probably just me. But we are both from the country, and we like it that way. And yes, that is a country song reference that likely only John and I understand. So check this interview out with Pastor John Knapp. Welcome, everybody. We are here with John Knapp in the green room. Hey, everybody. And we're going to talk to him about his uh, his family life and where he grew up, things like that, which, fun fact, John and I are from the same, maybe not the same county, same area. Same area. Um, from Central, the, the Central Valley. Valley. So the 209ers, um, which yep. actually Brennan was just in here recording the worship one, and Brennan's a 209 guy. Yeah, is he from Tracy or something? Or? He's from Tracy, yeah. yeah. So a lot of 209ers up here in Santa Rosa, so... Uh, so, John, let's start out from with this. Uh, just for those that maybe can't put a face to your name right Ooh, now, yeah. who are you? How would they know you here at Spring Hills? Yeah. And, uh, what's your role here? I'm the guy with the red beard uh, that will walk around. I've got uh, four kids that uh, you'll often see kind of running around with me and me trying to figure out where they are. Uh, but I work specifically with the Next Generation Ministry. And so what that looks like on the weekends is I'll hang out at this thing we call Student Connect next to the Welcome Center. Uh, we've got a student section during the services where the students hang out and go to church together. So I'll be over there. You'll often find me giving announcements and uh, sharing on occasion. I'll give a message um, not too tall compared to too Garrett tall. Elliott, um, but uh, yeah, who, not to who be, really is. Not to be confused with the other redhead on staff, Jason, yes. who is 6'6 uh, six, six or 6'7. Six, he's, yeah. he's tall. Yeah, um, so, yeah you've, you're kind of all over the place. You know, we had Garrett Ward was here last week, and the joke I made was uh, to find out what Garrett does on campus. And spoiler alert, it's pretty much everything. Everything. Um, yeah. John is a little bit in that realm, too. John's all over the place. He's... Uh, Can be, he's yeah. Um, working through the the next gen stuff, and then also you'll find him working on a lot of the video projects that we've got yep. on campus. So all the stuff that you see um, live streamed and recorded, things like that. John was extremely instrumental in getting that set up, organizing the guys to do the wiring and all that. So yeah, uh, the video project was John's, and John, mm. um, yeah, you got that all put together to pretty quickly. I think it was last Easter, right? It was last like, Easter. John, you got nine days. <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> something yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It built um, something. And we had the overflow stuff. So now we're actually uh, able to really record it in a in a great way to be able to share yeah. Brett's messages with you and, and things like that because yeah. of um, Much better the system. team that John had. John and the team that came down and set it up. So, yeah. um, so let's ask this. Uh, first of all, where are you from? I hail from the Central Valley. Merced would, would be what I would call my hometown. Born and raised, born, born and raised, born in Clovis, California. Oh, a little um, more south. A little more south. Little good school south district. Fresno. Yeah, very good at water polo. I don't fact. know why I know that. 
but I've heard so many people talk about how Clovis. good of a school district Clovis is. <laughs> yeah. So born in Clovis, uh, you know, I'm 34 years old, just had a birthday. Uh, I was told I was the only baby born in that hospital on that day. No way. Yeah, but it must have been a small hospital. <laughs> Must have been. I think I've driven. It was a home birth. One birth time. Real <laughs> yeah, <gross. laughs> um, yeah. So, but uh, lived most of my my you know uh, early years, teenage years in Merced, California, and uh, went to a high school there. And which high school did you go to? I started out at Atwater High School, and then uh, after my freshman year, a brand new school opened up called. Buhack Colony. Oh yeah, Buhack. I remember Buhack. Buhack. So yes, I'm from the same um, general area as John. So those are schools I played basketball against in high you school. Probably smashed us. Um, you know what? Maybe I think, not Atwater, but for sure. I Buhack. think I remember very specifically when I was a freshman playing against Atwater, and we lost on a buzzer beater. Uh or no, no, no. The, the guy on Atwater hit a shot, and we had like two seconds, and our point guard missed at the buzzer. Oh man! And he was bawling his eyes out, uh, and I was a little bit like, I mean, it's a game. It's a game. We're on. It was. Yeah. It, it was like. I mean, we're. It was the varsity team. So I mean, it was like we're fighting for to win the yeah. the league. I think we ended up like second to last place in the yeah. league, though. So it was almost kind of like it was. Got look, man. We would have gone from fifth place to fourth. Like Maybe, it just yeah. wasn't really a big I deal. I didn't play basketball in high school. I played water polo. I played golf and soccer, in in high school. Now go- um, golf actually. Um, was it? What, were you a Buhack when you played golf? Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys have like a really good squad? Yeah, our last two years we thank you for bringing that up, Garrett. Uh the last two years we we took uh we took the section. Yeah, right? okay. So I yeah. actually oddly I remember this because TC had a really good um yeah. golf team. Obviously they were a smaller division right. uh at that point. I think we were division five at that point. But we had a couple guys that were going full ride scholarships to D one schools for yeah. golf. And they were always talking about Buhack. And I remember driving down to Buhack and picking up a couple of my friends because we were driving down for a basketball recruiting thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, my senior year, which you would have been you would have been out of high school already by yeah. this point. But they were talking about how good Buhack's team was. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's uh, it's weird that I remember that. But yeah. I didn't know you were part of that. That's kind of cool. Well, I mean, it must. What year did you graduate? Oh, five. Oh, five. Well, yeah, I was oh, four. So, yeah, it would have been. I would have been, it would have been 03, 04 that we did. So 05, although there was this. Really oh, that would have made sense because that would have been the year I'd be going down yeah. my junior year. That makes sense. The, the team that came after us held it for a while. Oh, okay. There were a couple of really good yeah. golfers. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I never got into golf. Um, you know, I moved here and Brett and Matt Anderson both said they were going to get me into it. And uh, not yet. Hasn't happened. Not yet. I don't, I'm not good at it. I don't like doing things I'm not good at. So there you go. I got to get Matt to teach me first. Um, so we've got a lot of, uh, kind of some odd coincidental ties from where, you know, being in the same place. But we also have this mutual friend. His name is John Flanagan, also known as Flanders. I believe we met at a, were you part of? Yes, um, I was. Yes, I was. Uh, what was it? Uns- Unsung, Unsung Hero. Heroes. Okay. Unsung Heroes. So we've got this friend. His name's John, John Flanagan. And we're going to, I'm going to force him to listen to this. Yes. Um, And he was the drummer in this band, Unsung Heroes. And we. Unsung were, Hero. Sorry. Unsung hero. If unsung John Flanagan's hero. listening to this and he doesn't hear me correct. Yeah. He'll be mad. So unsung hero. And I became really good friends with John, with Flanagan. I'll call his name. We call him Flanders. So, yeah. or Flan. I call him Flan all the time. Uh, yeah, Flan. So I became really good friends with him my junior year. Um, he had just graduated. So you would have been a senior. And uh, got to know him really well. And then I think I met you once or twice through that. Yeah. But um, then we sat next to each other at John at Flan's wedding. His wedding. And that's when, um, you know, I found out that you were from Stockton. But when I interviewed here at Spring Hills, um, 
I came in on my second interview and Brett had asked me how long of a drive it was from Stockton. And I was like, I don't, I'm not from Stockton. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, we're interviewing a youth pastor from Stockton. Well, actually he just pulled his name out of the hat for, uh, uh, some other reasons. I'm not real sure why. Do you know anybody from Stockton? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't think so. John Knapp. I'm like, oh, I do know John Knapp. So it was like, I, I think it was, I had lunch with Brett and then I went back to the hotel and I'd called Flan and I was like, Hey, John Knapp, he's a youth pastor in Stockton, right? This is the same guy. He's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, he was going to be interviewing at the same church I'm interviewing at in Santa Rosa. And then they said he pulled out of it. No, is this, is this true? Flan text you and said, hey, Spring Hills in Santa Rosa, huh? Yes, I very, very clearly remember okay. getting this text message and like freaking out because I was like, how in the world does how did he this get out? No, yeah. How does he how does he know? Like he lives in Gustine of all places. Right. And it's like, what in the world? You've got you've got eyes and ears everywhere, man. So then I I had found out that you weren't gonna I told him, I was like, Oh yeah, he said he wasn't gonna interview here anymore anyway. But I told him, Tell John to come check this place out though. Yeah. This place is awesome. And then I think it was either it was a couple nights later or the next night or whatever, you and Lauren called me and Caitlin. Yeah. And we had just accepted the job. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was the next weekend or two weeks after that, you guys came up and uh, and visited, right? Yeah, we did. So um, basically where I'm getting it with this is that I can take credit for... Uh, you can. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. For getting you here. Shock uh, it up. And telling you, hey, at least come check it out. You know, come check it out. It's not it's not bad. Um, but no, it's such a coincidence to me that we ended up... And then all, also, like, you brought Dan Navarra up here. Yeah. From Turlock, who I know fairly well. Not as well as you do, um, I don't think, but... Just some ties, interesting, interesting coincidences in our. Um, yeah, you know when you when you serve in the local church, in whether it's in you know a city that's ten minutes away or even ten hours away, there's just this network that you yeah. kind of begin to develop, and you start having this group of friends, and you remember names, and eventually right. one thing kind of leads to another, and you get older, and you continue at it, and you've got people that you know in different states, all over and, the place. Yeah, huh? Actually, true. when I interviewed the before I even was here the first time. I said I was talking to one of my um, one of my friends' dads, and he. Uh, I said, "Yeah, I'm going to go interview at this church in Santa Rosa, Spring Hills Church." And he goes, "Oh, is that Brett Avlakiotis's church?" I'm like, "Yeah. How do you know that?" And he goes, "I went to seminary with him." Yeah. And I'm like, "Dude, that's crazy." The um, dude that the the guy that did the marriage conference, uh, Brad. Yes. I actually had him for a class in in, in seminary oh, at, no way. at Western. He was like, "Yeah, he, he did a one day thing that I went to and." Uh, or a weekend thing. And yeah, it's like kind of weird. That's know? awesome. It's yeah, it is crazy how things do overlap and stuff. Very like helpful that. when you're like, oh yeah, I know that guy. And it's like, oh, good. Are they, they cool? Are they good? Yeah, you yeah. know, in a good way. Yeah, that's that's always the question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um lo- tell us a little bit about your uh your family dynamic where you grew up and you're in Merced. Um and so siblings, extended family, parents, what was the, yeah, the totally. dynamic that you had? Yeah, so grew up uh, or born in Clovis, then uh, was living in that area for a little bit of time. And then in, at two years old, my parents split. So early on in my life, we had um, kind of mom's place and dad's place. And so uh, I don't really remember what it was like to kind of be at home with both biological parents, if you will. Uh, my mom moved to Merced and uh, we lived there, and every other weekend, uh, I'd go visit my dad in Fresno. And so, uh, yeah, we'd go visit, and it was, um, you know, something me and my brother. So I have got a brother who, uh, you know, same mom, same dad. Uh, his name's Matt. He's actually a uh, youth pastor in Washington. Okay. And then, state? yeah, Washington State, uh, Gig Harbor, Washington. It's a beautiful place. Cool. Um, so uh, he's been up there for a while now, and uh, then... 
when my mom remarried, she married a guy named Rod, uh, which oddly enough, my dad and this guy, Rod, my stepdad, actually played on the same football team in high school. Oh, no way. Yeah, so they knew each other. Another coincidence. Yeah, and then um, when they got married, uh, I got a two two stepsisters and a stepbrother. And then shortly after, um, we had a uh, little baby, a half-brother. Wait, how old were you when they got, when you, uh, I was, your family's? I was probably 10, 8. Okay, so you've got, your little brother is significantly younger. Yes, okay. yeah, 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 he's significantly younger. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a little baby. He was born in like 98 or 95 or something like that, I don't remember. Wow, so, <laughs> 98 or 95. I don't remember, sorry, Ben. Yeah, he's born in you know, uh, early yeah, 90s so, or late 90s, one or, the, one or the other. But, you know, growing up, we, I, because I spent most of my time in Merced with my mom and stepdad, we were we were a family of eight. Okay. So big family, you know, six kids, two parents. Um, and my uh, my mom's a librarian, uh, or she was a teacher, then went librarian at a school um, called Mick Swain, you know. Okay, con- I hadn't, hadn't con- heard of that one. Country school. Um, and so... Now, you say big family, but Garrett Ward holds the... Uh, yeah, for sure. So, no, big takes family... Takes the cake on this yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not as big as Garrett. But Ward. family of eight, you're not far off. Family of eight, yeah. So I mean, we fill up a van, like a like a regular size van, not a fifteen or twelve passenger like the Wards would. But um, yeah, so it was, a, it was a big family. And then my grandparents, uh, one one set lived in Merced that I went over to often, my dad's side, um, and then my other, my mom's side, uh, they lived in a little city called El Nido, which is out Highway fifty nine off of. Um, Highway 99 and, um, gosh, what is that? Freeway 156, maybe, that goes through Gilroy. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Kind of runs parallel. Where so, James Dean died. Yeah, where James Dean died. The car accident, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just a little tiny farming town. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I've got some. I, what, what else? Um, my, my What kind of sports were you into? Sports. Besides golf. You said you already mentioned a couple, but let's, let's go back to when you were a kid. Little League. Baseball? Did you do any of that stuff like uh, oh yeah, soccer and all that? Oh yeah, I did. I did. I played everything. And I were you everything. close with your sibling? Close enough to play sports with them? Yeah, yeah. So my stepbrother was is just a year younger than me, okay. um, and my my sisters, my stepsisters, um, one is a year older than me, the other one's three years older than me. So um, so were you guys all in high school at the same time? There was there was a time where where they were seniors and we were freshmen. Yeah. Wow. That's so four people. So four and one. And get this, we because where we lived and the new schools and the districts and everything, we had two at Atwater High. So my brother and my older sister there, or my oldest sister. Oh, and then Buhack was only freshman sophomore. Yeah, first. because yeah, I was actually the first graduating class from Buhack. Okay. And so then I was at Buhack, and then my sister Laura was just having some problems, like most people do in high school with friends yeah. and different things, and she went to Merced High. So oh, three uh, different high schools in, yeah, in 2001, uh, we were all going to three different high schools. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah. We had Turlock high school was the, um, I, th- I believe it was the third largest high school in the state that year. Turlock that's was. when, yeah, because the next year was the year that the, uh, that Pittman high school Pittman, that's right. opened up and I was supposed to be part of the first graduating class there. Um, but then I switched over to a, a, a private school. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was 
these towns, Central Valley grew like crazy yeah. and new new schools opening. and yeah, So I played water polo, which was a, a sport that I didn't even knew existed when you until were I got to high school. No, I played it in high school. Oh, in high school. So, okay. yeah, it was actually a sport my older brother and sister played, and they got into it, and my stepdad started getting into it, and he coached, and he coached for the high school. And it just became like a rite of passage for yeah, our yeah. family almost every single... I think Were you good at it? I wasn't bad, but I wasn't like phenomenal. Did you I, shave I your was, legs? I... I did not. No, I was. I had to stop for a second and and double take that. I, I actually, loved how long it took you to answer that question. <laughs> well, when you said shave, like when I was in high school, I actually had about as much facial beard. hair as I have now. It's kind of weird. And uh, one of the uh, guys that I used to play competitive with, because during the summertime we'd play competitive yeah, water yeah, polo yeah, yeah. at the at the junior college, he would tell me like a day or two before a game, shave your face, like baby bottom. aerodynamics. But he said for the purpose that in two days, it'll r- come back as stubble and it'll feel like sandpaper if you rub it on a dude's back. Oh. Because if you know anything about, about water that. polo, it's, I don't. it is scrappy, dude. Underneath sure. the water, you've got punching and grabbing and kicking. And I mean, they check. So wait, is all of that legal? No, it's not. But, but they just can't. I mean, it's just too hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you ever watch the Olympics, they have an underwater like, camera. camera that you can kind of see that I think it's got to a point in time where they have to actually use that at times because oh, sure. a dude will come out with, you know, big, huge red mark. And I'm surprised yeah. that this is still, um, this is still a sport. Like oh, that yeah. it's not something that got like outlawed at high schools because it could just be go so wrong oh, in so many ways. Dude, and there, there's rivalries just like any other, like in football, but there's rivalries. In, if you've got good, two good water polo teams, like it's like a show to see, like people show up, buy tickets, get all excited about it. Like, there is this, uh, there's this school, um, Golden Valley. Yeah. Was another school that Atwater. The CCC. Was a big, yep, the Central Con- California Conference. Yeah, the CCC. So, uh, yeah, I remember one night um, I went and watched, because I didn't go to Atwater, but I went and watched Atwater play Golden Valley. It was a big game. They were both in first place. It was a big deal. And there were a lot of, you know, um, you know, fouling and, you know, people got you can get kicked out like you, oh sure you get kicked out so you go to the corner it's kind of funny you can kind of get sit in the corner for like you know a minute or two and then uh you come back in but if you if you get kicked out like two or three times you you actually get rolled which means you're out for the whole entire game and then the next game and so that's like oh when you, you say you get kicked out you you're it's like at the penalty box yeah you literally oh, okay. you, go, you go sit in the Not, corner you're kicked out of the game right no away. you go yeah you just go sit in the corner and you're down a guy it's kind of like power play for hockey okay yeah, yeah. and then you know you have to you know that's and then the, the time runs out and you jump back out there right exactly that's crazy exactly. Do you, so is i'm because i know nothing are you treading water the entire time you're treading water the entire time most pools will be deep end only um, but like some are, you know, shallow end and deep end. And if you're caught standing on the shallow end, it's a turnover. Oh, okay. So, so that's how they make it to words. I was going to say, it, if you've got a shallow end, yeah, it's easier for Yeah. That. And it's pretty obvious too, because when you jump to like, I don't know, catch a ball or like to you jump shoot, significantly higher, you jump you're jumping off, higher, the, yeah. off the ground. Yeah. yeah. If you're seeing like belly button or whatever for yeah. the, the, the males, it's kind of crazy. So. What about, um, so you're obviously had a lot of sports experience experience. Yeah. Uh, what about like anything with the arts, music, drama? Uh, I never did any like, uh, debate. No, I didn't do debate. I didn't do any like acting or drama or poetry or anything like that. Oh, okay. But I did, I did play clarinet in in junior high. Okay. And then when I was sixteen, I picked up the guitar, and started playing guitar. And I'm decent at it. And you've so. got a couple different. You play bass for us every now and then too. You're yep. playing this weekend, everybody. Playing this weekend, yeah. Um, or depending on when this uh, episode comes out, maybe it was last July fourth. <laughs> playing July fourth. July fourth and fifth. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, cool, man. Okay, so what kind of kid would you describe yourself as? So you have an interesting dynamic that, um, similar to when I was talking to Garrett Ward, you know, there's that dynamic that typically is like you've got the firstborn, you've got the uh, the middle child, and then the, the baby, the kind of the stereotypical personalities, right? Yeah. Um, with being that you have a, a mixed family with step siblings and yeah. um, a half brother, right? Exactly. And a significantly younger half brother. What was the personalities like? What kind of kid were you? I, w- I was the kid that I think all my siblings didn't like very much <laughs> because um, I, I tended to, to kind of get what I wanted, you know, or I was kind of giving it easy sometimes. I, my brother always said I was my mom's favorite, and I feel bad now, kind of thinking back on it. But I mean, because you were, I mean, or what? I mean, I probably was, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. There's just uh, something about me that I, I, I really, I you get know, what you want. I got what I wanted, and it was. I don't know if that's the good thing for me, but uh, I would I would kind of characterize myself as a kid who really kind of put himself out there on just about anything and everything. I love to do everything and anything I can. I pretty outgoing from, yeah. then. Pretty outgoing. Um, I had a lot of friends. Um, I'm painting this picture of myself now that I'm thinking about it as a John was the homecoming I, king. I actually uh, was. <laughs> I actually uh, no prom king. Prom, prom king. king. Prom okay. king. Uh, but uh, like I, um, I, I guess I just. I guess I, I guess I was just maybe blessed in a way to have a personality that was I was very extroverted, and I really um, liked to greet and meet new people. And so, like, I go to baseball games, you know, at Candlestick Park or yeah, you know, Three Com Park or whatever park it is now. And uh, Pack Bell now, right? Pac no, Bell. no, it's Oracle. It was AT and T. Uh, now it's Oracle Park, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, meet new people and hang out with them. My mom always said I was like the most. Uh, outgoing and friendly of the bunch. Yeah, um, yeah. Did but, you did you do any kind of like um, uh, what are they? Oh, shoot, what's it called? Um, school politics, like class president yeah, or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I was. Um, I wasn't a class, but I I did the the ASB. So ASB. That's what that's. So what uh, yeah, I was treasurer and then vice president. Um, okay, cool. Uh, for just the ASB and. I, I actually liked being the vice president because you got to do a lot more stuff. The, yeah. the president really didn't do a whole lot. Um, didn't make a lot of decisions. It was kind of just, it was the vice president actually that, that did a lot. And so I knew that and I wanted to run for vice president. Yeah, that's so. cool. Yeah. Um, what about church? Did you grow up in church? I did. You know, um, my mom uh, brought my brother and I to church all the time. It was a big part of our, our, our growing up. Um, my grandma who on my dad's side, so my dad's mom, um, was uh, a big resource and support for my mom, despite that they had split. And so, um, you know, my grandma went to this little Presbyterian church in Merced and invited my mom to come and uh, we'd go and, you know, it was nice because my mom's a single mother and, or was, and, uh, you know, it'd be nice to go to church and, you know, get the, yeah. get the meals. What the church was and this? Stuff. Central Presbyterian Church. In Merced. In Merced. Okay. Yeah. And Did you do uh, Awana and all that. The, I didn't do. Awana I didn't do Awana. No, there wasn't an Awana. For a short time, my neighbor down the street, uh, we did this thing called Royal Rangers. You ever heard okay, of that? I don't know what that is. It's an interesting uh, world of like Boy Scouts mixed with uh, Awana. Kind of like the one they do here. Uh, kind of, yeah. Life? Yeah, maybe it would be like Trail Life because there's like Boy Scout like uniforms and oh, okay. patches and you know, so you can build fire and stuff. I think so. So we're going to get you on Survivor. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, get me on Survivor. John Sapiente is the other one that we're trying to get on Survivor. I think he'd do well. I think he would do fantastic. Um, so, okay, tell us about when you became a Christian. You grew up in church. When w- when did you really understand what it meant to be a Christian and have a relationship with yeah. Christ? So uh, about, it was my sixth grade year, our church, CPC in Merced, 
uh, Central Presbyterian, we would go every um, spring to Mount Hermon as like an all-church retreat conference. And uh, I remember sixth grade year. Uh, so go, with your family? With my family. Cool. We, we went to Mount Hermon and went down to this little place uh, close to what we called the hollow trees, which were just big, huge redwood trees that were actually decaying and they were cut down. And so then they hollowed out the stumps and you could play in oh, it. It was cool. super fun. And uh, there's this building right next to it. And it's been since you know, renovated, but, uh, it was just a space for the, the, the youth. And, uh, we went and I remember hearing the gospel and I had heard it a thousand times, you know, just being in church and being at VBS and stuff. Uh, but I, uh, heard it in a different way. And there was this gal named Jean Robbins who, um, uh, was a, you know, longtime member of the church, family friend of my grandma and, uh, my, my mom. And just, uh, you know, I remember, her sitting down with me and kind of explaining it a little bit more to me and understanding that and, you know, led me to Christ in that moment. And I remember that was the first time that I really remember, gosh, you know, Jesus died for my sins and I'm so thankful for that. And uh, my only response can, can then be, you know, God, um, I'm yours, you know, and I thank you for that. So it was my sixth grade year at uh, Mount Hermon. And I'd love to be able to say that, you know, from then on, it was, you know, rainbows and sunshine, but. What was it? Well, it, it wasn't sometimes, but, you know, I would say in the same conversation, we do have to know that, like, I, as a teenager, I mean, I work with teens all the time. So part of this whole process is helping teenagers discover their faith for themselves. And although I came to know Christ at sixth grade, it really wasn't like um, something that I had completely integrated into my life until my junior year in high school. So like uh, eighth grade year and freshman, sophomore year, I can remember really trying to find my way um, amongst the different friends that I had and the groups. And you switched and schools at that the point, The peer right? pressures and stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, there was definitely, like I called myself a Christian and I went to youth group and I was a part of the church and I would volunteer and I'd go on mission trips and stuff like that. But it was almost more of like a title that I just carried as opposed to like, this is my identity, you know, and, and this impacts my decision making. This impacts, you know, what I spend my time on, you know, like really kind of allowing the gospel to, to rule over your entire yeah, life. Yeah. What so, would you say was the difference? So you, you said uh, junior year. Because uh, I was on a mission trip in Mexico. Okay, so was that? Did you yeah. rededicate your life? Did you just? Yeah, I would say was it was. The... I would say that it was a rededication. It was like a, a realization that you know, God, you had never left me. You know, you 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 always remained faithful in my moments of wandering. Um, I recognize that in my selfishness, I've wandered away and I've I've tested the waters of this world, if you will, and um, I am sorry for that, and I recognize um, a need to repent of that, and. God, uh, I want to commit my life to you in a way that I've never before um, to say that, you know, I, I dedicate my life to you, Lord. Okay. So that was in Mexico. Um, Did you get a, baptized or anything after that? Or was that? I, I didn't until the next year, actually. Okay. Um, yeah. So, But not before that? No, I, okay. I not before that. I actually, um, yeah, I didn't get baptized until I was uh, like a senior. Okay, cool. What did the what what did the impact or what impact did becoming um, more serious about your faith have on like your dynamic with your friends or your family or did it? Yeah, no, I mean my parents are always have always been supportive of my faith and you know um, excited for me. Uh, my friends they knew it about me, but 
when I came back from that mission trip, and our, my senior year was much different than my junior year. Where was the mission trip? It was in Mexico. Yeah, I was in Mexico. Sorry, just, did you already say that? No, it's fine. Um, Ensenada, Tijuana area, uh, just building homes for families in needs alongside a mission organization. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I remember my senior year being much different than my junior year, but that over time, people began to really respect the fact that it wasn't just something that I said, but it was something that I lived out. You had convictions. Yeah, I had convictions. And there was also this fine line that I, I felt like I danced really well through. I had many I had many guys in my life that were older than me that, like my small group leaders, who would encourage me and, and give me, you know, words of wisdom and help me with, you know, just ways of, um, you know, understanding how to handle some of the difficulties right. of high school. And so I think I did a good job of really balancing, you know, this idea of being in the world, but not of the world, because I had, I had many friends who to this day, I still pray for that are not Christians and they respect me and they respect my faith, but, um, they make very different decisions than I do based on things. Yeah. Um, Did you have somebody in your life, a youth pastor or coach or teacher or something that was that kind of role model to you? Yeah, his, you saw him live that out. Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, Scott Vance is his name. Uh, he was my youth pastor in high school, in junior high and high school, and uh, he's actually a senior pastor now in um, Delaware. So it was Delaware. actually yeah, of Delaware. All one of the states I forget is a state. Somewhere. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Delaware. But for uh, all our listeners in Delaware, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, he was a huge influence on my life, and um, my dad was never ever replaced at all because he's still involved in my life today. But Scott was, you know, another figure in my life, a, a fatherly-like figure who spoke into my life in a way that a father would. And um, it was nice because, you know, there were times where my dad was not, you know, able to be present. And yeah, yeah. I don't blame him for that. It's just the way things worked out. It's, you know, problem of sin in our world. But at the same time, you know, he was, Scott was there and he was able to be a guy I could call, I could, you know, reach out to. And um, he was very supportive of me. And to this day, I mean, we, we talk still. Yeah, you said your, um, uh, let me get the, your brother, Matt, is yeah. a youth pastor? Yeah. Or a pastor? Yeah, he's a he's a, an associate pastor. Associate pastor. Yeah. So, um, uh, and you guys are one year apart? Three. Three years apart. Okay, so what was the, um, let's let's go to a little, was, were you guys an encouragement to each other? Were you? To go into ministry or uh, just, in, or just in your, I was, yeah, when you were. Yeah a junior and you rededicated your life was your brother instrumental in like helping you um navigate yeah the my, the challenges that come along with it yeah my brother's a super short person um i'm short but he's shorter than me and uh, however i look up to him i really do okay and i i kind of set up i with say that. the same thing about my brother i i definitely do and and you know honestly a big part of why i went into ministry is seeing him go in that way um, but, uh, yeah, my brother is a big part of my faith and a big part of me understanding who God is. And he always had a good way about relating things to me and helping me understand things. And, you know, um, you know, we, we, we live in different States, but there are ways in which we stay super connected still. And, you know, to this day, I, I definitely still call him and, and, uh, look up to him and reach out to him and, um, you know, learn from his sermons and learn from, you know, the things that we talk about. And it's amazing to think about the, um, you know, like your brother's in a different state. My brother's not in a different state, but he's, you know, three or four hours away and we can, you can talk anytime. And yeah. it's amazing to look at like, even just, you know, one generation before us where it was like cell phones might've just been be becoming a thing or our parents, which it was like, 
landlines and long distance calls and yeah. if you want to stay connected uh snail mail sure. stuff like that and now it's just amazing that we can just at the touch of a button call your brother in a different state and be like oh, hey yeah. man what's up how you doing and it's yeah. just it's really cool to um yeah. to be able to do that we're very fortunate in that way yeah he just facetimed me the other day we were at Doran beach for my birthday and uh he just facetimed me real fast I was like, hey man what you doing he's like oh before i, I could before i could even answer he's like i hate you he's like you're at, you're at the beach aren't you and I'm is like, it raining yeah. in washington yeah, it was probably <laughs> overcast and gloomy i had no clue so i was at the beach that day too i had no clue it was your birthday i oh, never dude. said happy birthday i'm sorry birthdays happy aren't birthday. one of those things that i just i know. did hear you um when you saw a really fit person walking down the beach say, guys, <laughs> that's me at 35. That's me at 35. There's this big, huge guy. He was jacked. Yeah. He was very, you um, could barely see very his fit. Well, he was on the uh, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth level. For sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So what about your other siblings? Uh, you've got, so Matt is, refresh my memory real quick. He's, he's your brother. He's my brother, same parents. Same parents. And yeah. then you've got. Two sisters, stepsisters. Two stepsisters. One sister is she's three years older than me. She lives in Merced. Um, she's got four kids. You still close with them? Yeah, yeah. We talk. Um, in fact, uh, I mailed her a couple boxes for the Adventure Week thing. Oh, cool! So her kids went through it. That's um, amazing. Loved that's, it. Again, another thing that's just loved so cool. It. We were able to do that online and include people that because I did the same thing with my family. Sent them yeah. a couple boxes. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so yeah, she she lives in Merced, and then I've got a sister who lives in Baltimore. So she actually went into the military for a short amount of time, and then um, she got out, and she's now doing things with the uh, dental hygienist oh, world. Oh, cool. Yeah, so she's in Baltimore, and she actually just, you know, uh, put down roots. Both she, older than you, right? Both older than me, yep. And then a younger stepbrother. Younger stepbrother. He actually now lives in Clovis, um, which is odd that he would live there, but he met his wife, and they've got a, a child, and um, they are living in um, Clovis, and he's a... The cool thing about him is he's actually a um, he's a high level uh, referee for water polo. Oh no way! Yeah, that's so. Cool. Yeah, he's uh, he's on a short list of referees that get like called college, for, like college, yeah. D one, like that's big, awesome. Like big games, yeah. That's cool. So that takes a lot of work. It does, and his his son is young, and so he's been able to uh, kind of do a lot of traveling. I wonder what his life's going to be like in yeah. the next couple of years as his son gets older, but. Um, it's a cool little extra steady income, you know. Yeah, that's him, awesome. You know. Um. Okay, and then baby brother. Uh, baby brother. Which so his name is. His name's Ben. Ben. Okay. Uh, he. Wait, is, did I meet Ben? You may have. He's come to the church a couple times. Okay. Yeah. I think he's I have. he's he's a lot taller than me. My stepdad's six five. Okay. Um. So. Rod. Um, yeah, Rod. And so my two younger brothers, my stepbrother and my half brother, they're super tall guys. Okay. And um. Ben is, uh, he actually lives in Washington as well, a little bit further away from my brother, but he uh, he works at a sweet golf course called uh, Chambers Bay. You golf up there with him? I've never yet, although I've been lobbying him for it. Oh, because, okay. I mean, it's a nice course. Yeah. I forget what year it was, but one of the major tournaments was oh, held cool. at Chambers Bay. It's a beautiful uh, golf course. And so he, he went to San Jose State, did a... Um, did a cool thing with the hospitality major. Sweet. And now he's working at a golf course. Cool. And what about your education? Where did you go to college? I went to the JC for two years and uh, Merced JC. Merced JC. And then while I was there, I actually interned at the church in the youth ministry department. Oh, okay, so cool. So I was a junior high intern. So there was a junior high director, and then I was kind of like his, his like, uh, Sherpa, oh. <laughs> if you will. I kind of did whatever <laughs> he wanted me to do and learned the ropes of ministry for those two years. And then uh, I transferred to UC Davis. Okay, and, and you studied 
I studied, well, this is kind of my call into ministry here. Uh, okay. So I transferred to Davis as a political science major. I wanted to be a lawyer of all things. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I wanted to be a lawyer. I had an uncle, or I have an uncle, who's in L.A., very successful, has his own firm. And uh, when I was in high school, we talked a lot because um, we'd go down and visit my dad's sister's husband. And uh, we, I, I just was interested in it. And truthfully, I was interested in it because I was like lawyer, I like golfing. I don't mind fast cars, so let's let's go down this roll. And uh, I I had that on my mind, you know. Money was kind of like the the motivator for that and lifestyle. And so I transferred to UC Davis as a political science major. But then, like less than a month before, um, like uh, I started, because we went down there, we had to like find, you know, apartments and stuff like that. Um, I get down there, and school's about to start, and. Uh, I'm walking from one side of the campus to the other to go get my books. And I remember having this, like, very clear conversation with the Lord. I mean, it wasn't audible. He didn't talk to me, like, audibly over my shoulder. But just these thoughts and these impressions that were placed on me that took me back to about a month before I left uh, with Scott. Remember the name? Yeah, Scott Scott Vance. He took me to a Sonic. uh, Sonic, yes. Sonic's. Uh, a Sonic drive-in, and we got these Sonic Blasts, which are like basically McFlurries, but right. way better. And uh, we got uh, an Eminem Blast, and we just talked about life, and he was excited for the next chapter of my life. But then he dropped this bomb on me, which he knew I wanted to go into law. He knew I wanted to do that, but then he just kind of said, John, I totally see ministry in you. I totally see a future. You're so good with people. You've got a love for the Lord. You're fun. People are drawn towards you. Like you could be a huge um, addition to the church, you know, if you if you just you know, pray about it, think about it. And I was like, yeah, cool. I, like, thanks for the nice words. It was fun doing the internship, but you know, I think I know what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. And and then you fast forward about you know three weeks and walking from one side of the campus to the other and having this conversation with the Lord and just kind of realizing like, gosh, my calling's into ministry. So I gave my mom a phone call and I told her about it. I gave my dad a phone call and told him about it. And um, they're both supportive. And uh, I said, look, I think I think God's calling me into ministry. What, what should I do? And, you know, they, they said, you know. I won't be able to buy you a house, mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, you know, those nice vacations. That lawyer money yeah. might be a little different. But uh, I decided I was going to go you know, undeclare as a political science major and declare as a communications major, which is one of those like catch all. Yeah. Oh yeah. Catch all things. And actually I learned a lot of great things about communications and what it's like. It's not just about public speaking. It's way more than that. Oh yeah. And, um, and I minored in religious studies. Oh, cool. Absolutely means nothing from UC Davis, really. But but um, you get probably understood a lot about some other religions, though, which is you did, and you learned a lot about the academic side. Yeah, you know, yeah, dates, yeah. people's names, you know, timeline of history, you know, that kind of stuff is helpful. Um, but uh, yeah, went there and then graduated in two thousand nine um, from UC Davis, and then immediately went into full time ministry um, in Stockton. And then you were at that church until here. Yeah, yeah, okay, I was cool. there for about nine years. Uh, let's go. How, years. How, where does Lauren fit into this picture? Yeah, so Lauren and I started dating um, before I left for UC Davis. Okay. So, um, yeah, we started Where'd dating. Where'd you meet? We met in Merced at, at church. Okay. Um, yeah, we met at Merced at church, and uh, she was a part of the, the youth team. So I was a junior high intern, and she was a junior high leader. Okay. And so, Did, were the uh, kids trying to set you guys up? Was it one of those? Uh, maybe. You know, no. I, I, I had my eye on her, man. I okay. did. And so, I mean, it wasn't like, uh, 
if I like, a, you know, it was, it was more of like a, I um, remember being the kid being like, Hey, you're a single teacher. Yeah. He's a single teacher. <laughs> yeah. We you love those types date. of, we, we love those types of students and doesn't make it awkward at all. Um, but Poor no, Kath. we, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we started dating and then, uh, went off to Davis and then we did long distance for the, like a year. What and did half. she do while you were at Davis? What was her? So she went to Stanislaus state. Oh, okay. Um, so she's a my little, neck of the woods. Yeah. So she's she graduated in two thousand six. I believe. No, she graduated in two thousand five um, from Atwater. So she's she's a year behind me in that way, but she's a year and a half younger than me because she's born in December. I'm born in January. Okay. Um, but uh, she went to Stanislaus State and she majored in uh, child development. Okay. So she's got a child development degree, and uh, but so actually, Lauren, Lauren and Caitlin overlap in that then because they're Caitlin was at. She minored in child development um, at, at Stanislaus. So funny. Now, Caitlin's a couple years younger, so I don't know if it actually overlapped. But what okay. year did Lauren graduate college? Oh, uh, nine? No, she was 11, I think. 10? Because she didn't go. It was 10. I think she did 10. Oh, okay. Caitlin graduated the same year. That's crazy. Because I graduated, and then we went back to Stockton. And then we got married a few months later, and then she continued to go to Stanislaus. Okay. Commuting from Stockton. So you got married in 2009. 2009. Okay. June, July 2009. And then uh, she, I think she, she must have finished summer 2010. Okay. Gosh. That's, yeah, that's when Caitlin that's graduated. 10 years ago. She Holy did, moly. Caitlin did go back and do more. Um, I think she went back to finish her minor. She had graduated. She got okay. her, her bachelor's in, um, uh, why am I blanking? What it's, when you want to be a teacher. <laughs> Uh, liberal arts. Liberal arts. She yeah. got her bachelor's in that and then went back to do, she thought she was going to be, um, she worked at a preschool. So she thought oh, she yeah. was like, she wanted to be a preschool teacher. And totally. so she went back to do child development and all that. So. Lauren always just wanted to be a mom. So she, she actually wouldn't have finished school if it wasn't for my encouragement. And I was like, oh, hey, okay. babe, you need to finish school. Yeah. Yeah. She, school comes super easy to her. And, uh, so, uh, she's, yeah. Those- what kind of students were you guys? I mean, you're UC Davis. Obviously, you had UC, you want to be a lawyer. You weren't. Yeah, you weren't a dummy. No, I wasn't a dummy. I mean, I wasn't the top of my class either. But I was, I was towards the top in terms of just like, you know, scoring well. You know, but I it never came easy to me. I do have a good discipline about me to study. You know, my mom and my dad are probably the real reason for that. Um, do you enjoy it? I do. Like the the soaking up of knowledge. I do. Yeah, I do. I like learning about things. You know, mm-hmm. I I enjoy. I enjoyed the classroom. I enjoyed the environment. You know, I went back to um, get my master's, you know, just a few years later. In communications? No, I got it in ministry and leadership through Western Seminary. Um, And so uh, that was actually a five-year thing because I did it so part-time because I had kids at the time and stuff like that. And you were working at the church. And I was working at the church full-time. But, but yeah, school was kind of one of those things where I enjoyed school a lot. I enjoyed the social scene. I enjoyed the academic scene. I enjoyed the athletic scene. Um, all, all the above. Right. I just, I loved, I love school. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you and Lauren got married in 09. You got kids. Now I, um, I'm not going to try to guess which years these were just because I know <laughs> how old your kids are. So when you guys had kids, uh, 2001 was Tegan born 11. Tegan was 12. 12. She was born in 2012 because she turned eight this year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, I, I, I think it was 25, 25 when we had Tegan. Lauren was 23. I think you got, you must have been, she must have been pregnant with Logan when we sat with you guys at John and Natalie's wedding. It had to have been, yeah. 2000, yeah. Was it 13? 2013? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so. Summer. Yeah, when it was 109 Stinking degrees outside. Hot, Maybe yeah. more than that. It was crazy hot. Yeah, so. That's got uh, cool. So let's uh, jump into kind of sp- some specifics here about ministry now. So um, you specifically, you kind of already talked about when God was calling you into ministry. Did you did you show resistance tor- towards it besides when Scott had said, hey, I see ministry in you, and you're like, no, thanks, man, but this is it. Did you show resistance after that time you were on campus and, and you felt God calling you towards it? I mean, there were moments where even after changing my degree that I thought, like, is this really where I want to go? And actually, if I hadn't been connected to a church at the time and serving in that church— In Davis? In Davis, yeah. University Covenant Church is where I went. And and then I also was connected to the First Baptist Church um, in Davis and served on their college ministry team. But uh, if it wasn't for staying connected to that— um, I could, I could have probably fallen away from that calling in a sense of like in that moment, you know? Um, but I, 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 I kind of always felt myself being drawn back into ministry and seeing, you know, ministry things being pulled out of me and even seeing those moments of serving in a volunteer capacity as like ways of training me for full, yeah. full-time ministry. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I never really thought of a different p- profession after that, um, what about within ministry? So you're you started as a youth pastor, yeah. Um, and so then now you're not just you're not just doing the youth here. You've got you're in charge of the next gen ministries, which is preschool all the way through twelfth, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, from cradle to college, cradle to college. So what do you have? Um, I mean, was that is is your goal ultimately? To, do you want to be a senior pastor at some point? Do you want to? You know, that's one thing I've never really felt God has clearly said. You know, John. You know, I would. I am. I, I'm calling you one day, or I see you, John, one day being a senior leader uh, of a church, and I'm cool with that. I, I, I would really love to just be a senior pastor's, you know, right-hand guy, man, you know what I mean? Um, serve in a role that would really support and execute the vision that he has for the church, and also Which be you able to do. speak I mean, you that. do that here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you and Garrett both are—I mean, Garrett's technically the associate pastor, and yeah. but you kind of play that role along with him, right? Yeah, no, it's 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 phenomenal to be a part of this team and to um, be able to speak into that. And, you know, the, the slide over to—from being just youth pastor to now next-gen pastor has really stretched me, and in a good way, you know? So I, there are more things on my mind, and— on my heart than just the teenagers now here at the church. And so I've um, been thinking about, you know, what it looks like for transitioning from one ministry to another between kids and, you know, elementary and then preteen right. and then teenagers. What so, was it originally that drew you to youth ministry? Probably because that was a place for me that really gave uh, an ignition, ignition, <laughs> that's not the right <laughs> word, uh, where my ignition, fi- ignition. Well, my faith was ignited, ignited, whatever that, wherever that would be. Um, so yeah, where that's really where things took off. Yeah, yeah. Like where the fire was flamed, the f- yeah, the fire was flamed, famed, and like there was just this fan, the flame of the fire. <laughs> that's I gotcha. But just like that's where it grew for me. Yeah, like, it was such a big part, and like because it was such a big part of my like, I always just look forward to going to youth group on Sunday night. 7 p.m. at, you know, church. We called it Fellowship Church, you know, or Fellowship, like, youth group. And it was just so, I always look forward to it every single, I, I mean, I vividly remember, like, walking out the door, like, being so excited one night. Was know? that because you got to see your friends? Was it, so we, this actually, uh, you, you kind of bring up a, an interesting topic um, because it's changed so much now. Because it was, when we were growing up, um, 
in you know the late 90s early 2000s junior high and high school group it was such a social thing it yeah. was the time it was an extra time midweek that you got to see your friends mm-hmm. now these these kids all have cell phones they can see their friends pretty much anytime they want they can facetime yeah. them they can they're always talking we we got to do you know instant messaging on the computer so it was like we were yeah. at the beginning of this like constant just connection with our friends and stuff so what do you think the biggest difference is um, as far as like the challenges that are facing youth pastors and youth ministers uh, in reaching the kids and helping them have that same kind of like, uh, what did you, ign- ignition, ignition. Uh, igniting ha- of the flame. To have that flame fanned in a yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's very, and especially now even with the shelter in place, I mean, it's even more different now. Just the yeah. stuff happening that the kids are going through nowadays or the resources they have. You know, Times and culture is just changing a lot faster than it used to. Yeah. I mean, I just think just, I mean, think about what's happened for us in the last four months and even trends and things that are, 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 I mean, messages and content and data is now transferred so much faster uh, nowadays that things can change so much easier. And I think that that's one of the biggest difficulties that I think youth pastors and even youth today really have to you know, work through and struggle with because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, you know, have all these things that these kids are, you know, um, having their attention vied for, you know, like there, there are so many things that, that these, these, I mean, school and sports and those, not that those things have ever been different, but with technology and, um, you know, just the demands of, of, different things they've they've all increased yeah nothing's nothing's regressed in terms of the entirety of the world's knowledge at their fingertips right yeah like and that's just a crazy thought to for a 16 year old like the amount of curiosity that they have or whatever like these phones it's just it's you can google just about anything anything or and not just about anything everything you can yeah and like if you're curious and it's not all true either so like you're also dealing with what's true what's not true what am i looking at that's uh that's what message it's saying and yeah it and just seems so i was a the one of the reasons yeah. i'm so curious about this was i was a youth pastor um from 2008 to 2006 uh 14 and i saw i saw the cell phone age of you know cell, uh, iphones came out in 2007 i think and at that point it was like maybe maybe some college students had an iphone but for the most part it was like it was too expensive. People were still just on the little, what were those razors or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the Motorola's and then it was like over from 2008, uh, to 2011, it seemed like there was this, uh, this really big switch where all of a sudden, not just seniors and juniors in high school had cell phones, but now all of a sudden we've got junior hires with iPhones. And they've got the internet right there. And it was like yeah. my youth group, I, it was like I, I couldn't keep up with it. Like I yeah. didn't understand how to keep these kids interested in being at church because it was all of a sudden, you know, you you try to utilize the texting and be like, hey, youth group is tonight at whatever time. But then right. you're starting to get the question of like, well, who's going to be there? And now you can know who's going to be there before you go. And you're like, you, oh, I don't want to go tonight. And totally. it was like all of a sudden I had my youth group just started to like dwindle. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's very good to also, in the same breath, talk about, like, the post-post-Christian, yeah. you know, era that we would be in. You know, like, the, the the people who were necessarily, like, like we, the kids who are, like, teenagers now, I think there's a lot of data that backs up the fact that their parents weren't churched, or not, not very 
many of these kids that we have today in youth group or amongst our teenage generation has, you know, parents, at least, you know, in, in our neck of the woods in California or the West Coast or whatever. I mean, just in general, their parents didn't grow up in church. Right. So you, you do have to also understand the generational impact of, you know, one youth group generation to the next is highly dependent upon the houses that they grew up in and all that. So, you know, as we go farther and farther into this post-Christian era that we would live in, I mean, it's going to be harder and harder to reach the students, but we continue to do that through the avenues of, you know, preaching the gospel and, you know, providing relational ministry. You know, that's the one thing that we'll always have that the world can never take away from, from student ministry, from kids ministry is the relational aspect because every single kid, every single teenager on the planet does crave a physical relationship with, you know, other people, you know, we live in community and the Bible talks a lot about that. And, you know, for good reason. And and it's true that, you know, we need each other and, you know, it might not be something that the students recognize right away and they're teenagers, they're immature and, and they're still learning things, but you know, a lot of them do get it. You know, we have some really solid teenagers here at the church that, are trying to, you know, dig deeper into their Bible and understand what God is saying and, and grow in their faith. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard for them in this shelter in place, right. you know, and through a screen and it can get tiring. And I, I, I can't stand zoom, you know? I know, but at the same time, you know, we do what we can. And I think that, you know, we just trust the Lord and, you know, we just know that it's not, you know, as Brett would say, you know, it's not methods, it's not mechanics, it's miracles and how, ministry works, you know? And so because of that, we, we really look to the hymn for it and we just, we strategize, we plan, we, we execute what we think he's leading us to do and we, we leave the results up to him. Right. Yeah. That makes me just think like, I mean, the gospel, the gospel spread before cell phones and oh, before yeah. internet and all oh, that yeah. stuff. And so I always, I feel a little convicted when I'm just like, wait, really? We can't have our people on campus. We have to do this over uh, zoom or whatever. Yeah, and I screen. get all whiny and like, I'm just like, what am I doing, man? Like God, God, this, the gospel spread all over the place. And, uh, sorry, I got a couple kids. Um, probably gospel mine. spread. It was Logan and Addie. Um, <laughs> the gospel spread all over the place because God can do that. You know, yeah. like it's not us doing it. So when I go, Oh no, what are we going to do that? We can't meet in person like this. You know, it's like, right. I'm limiting what, I'm, am I questioning what God yeah, can do? Or you to, know? you know, say, you know, kids these days, they don't really yeah, care yeah, yeah. about, you know, they've got all these fel- cell phones and stuff. It's like, you know what? Yeah, they do. But at the same time, they still have a heart and they have a soul yes. and that needs to be, you know, connected to the Lord. And uh-huh. they're going to recognize that yeah. at a certain point in time. And so, so we talked about um, your relationship, your marriage and uh, family a little bit, but Lauren is also on staff here. Um, so she works with the Next Gen team as well. Um, so what's her role with the with the Next Gen team? She's an assistant to um, to Eve, who um, works with the preschoolers. So she she does a lot of um, adminning for for Eve, sending out some emails, and then um, doing crafts and cutting those. And when we were open, setting up the rooms and running the the front check in and things like that. So and so this dynamic that because uh, this technically falls under the Next Gen ministry. So you are the boss above her boss, right? Yes. So what's the, is there, what's the dynamic like, dynamic like working with your wife in that? You know, it's, it's fine. I, I, I think that, uh, it's, it's funny at times, you know, she'll, she'll ask me for certain, um, you know, advice on this or that, or she'll say, what would you do or what do you think? And, you know, it's, it's great, you know, to yeah. have her on the team. She's so talented. It's she, really fun that this church has 
multiple couples on staff. Like it's because I asked Garrett the same questions about working with Ashley. And yeah. then uh, of course, Brett and Eve both on staff. And um, then with uh, Sean is not technically on staff, but he speaks here and he's very involved and Jen's on staff. And then uh, you know, my wife serves here and stuff too. So it's like, we've yeah. got a lot of these couples within um, and then Kiki and Matt also. So like, it's a lot of, we're all in like our same five or six year gap too. So yeah. it's fun to see uh, to see a church be able to have couples working together because it's not always yeah. easy. No, it's not. It's it's actually really nice to have her um, be a part of the team in that way because ministry can sometimes be an all-consuming uh, job. You know, right. some some people would be probably surprised to to know and learn some of the ebbs and flows of of the demands of ministry and you know the seasons of ministry. And right now, we're actually not in a season of of sheltering in place at all at, at, in, in terms of like ministry because, yeah. um, you know, there's still a message to go out. And so it all has to come through a screen, you know, in a lot of ways and we're now on the lawn, but, um, I mean, it's nice to have her here and it's nice to be around her and it's nice to have her around the conversation of next gen stuff. And yes. she, like I said, she's super talented and she's got such a great intuition and wisdom about her that is, you know, able to really, you know, see things that I don't always see, which is great, you know, and, um, she's just a, she's a great partner and, you know, she's, she's really good at what she does. So ministry can be both really rewarding and then also be kind of tough on a family because it requires sacrifice. Um, and sometimes that sacrifice is being made by your family, not you. Mm -hmm. Um, so what are some challenges that your family's faced and how can you encourage younger families that are getting into ministry, um, to deal with those challenges? Right. Uh, yeah. So some challenges that we faced is, you know, balancing of time, you know, the weekends, you know, when, when, a, when your kids get old are getting older and their friends are wanting them to hang out on the weekend or do things, or even if you have family that isn't involved in ministry, you know, and they want to meet up on the weekends, it's just, it's just a different thing. It's a different way of life. And you've got to just embrace the fact that you've made the decision to go into ministry and it's a different kind of life that you live. Um, and it's important that when you, if you're in ministry or you want to go into ministry and you're not married yet, that you have that clear conversation with your spouse. Cause I remember having that with Lauren. We were very, we were very clear, like, Hey babe, I'm, I am going to go into ministry. Is this something that you're willing to be cool with? And I think setting those expectations early on was really helpful. Um, and we even actually talk about that often. I was like, remember when we were sitting at McDonald's that one day and we were talking about that and like, this is what we're, this is what we meant. You know, we meant that, that this is a type of life that we choose. So all that to say is that there are going to be times when you might look crazy to the outside yeah. world. And, you know, but the thing is you, you get it, your wife gets it, your kids get it as you communicate it to them. Um, but the one thing that I would say, like kind of a little hack that I learned early on when it comes to like family and ministry and balancing is like, you'd never want the church to be seen as a place that's taking mom or dad away for the kids. Right. So how do you, how do you, if you're there a lot, or if there's a season where you're there a lot and it can easily become that person or that thing in your life, how do you, how do you change that? Well, you, you make the church a fun place for your kids and it's really very hard to make this place not fun for your kids. But, um, you know, really allowing the, the ministry to be like a perk in a sense to your family, you know? And so, um, this guy named Doug Fields was at a conference one time. Uh, He's a like Godfather, infamous, uh, youth pastor guy. And, um, he said he, he was talking on this and he was saying that, you know, you know, you got to give your kids perks. You got to give your kids, you know, these, these bonus moments at the church to kind of like let them know that like, 
Like, yes, dad's here a lot, but look at these cool things that you get to do because dad's here. And he was talking about one story where he just let his kids like go play in the baptismal that, you know? yeah, yeah. and like swim around and stuff like that. And that's cool, you know, and like for here at, at Spring Hills, like, you know, I've got kids and we've got a lot of kids around here um, and they just, they have fun. They, you know, they, they ride their bikes and they play in the water and, you know, they're, they're excited they're to be running around. They're excited to be here. They like coming here, you know, and, you know, making it a fun place and giving them perks, you know, you know, making, making sure that they feel like they, you know, get a little something out of it too. I think is a, is like, a huge part like them of getting to be in the adventure week games and stuff like yeah. that. Such a yeah. huge perk for them to be involved in. Yeah. That. You know, they feel like they've got a little investment too. And it's great because you want the church to be a place where they, they don't look back on and they're like, wow, life would have been better if we weren't always at church. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's that. And I think that you also, you need to, you know, be very open and honest with your spouse and be like, hey, have I been gone too much, you know, or like, how are you doing? I know I've been gone a lot. Um, giving, giving, you know, your wife or your husband uh, veto power over some things, you know, just like that enables them to be a part of the conversation as opposed to just being told what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, is a big part of it too for us, you know, and, you know, just also having a ton of humility in the whole journey of it, uh, that if there is some feelings that, you know, like, let's say Lauren's just like, Hey, I know it's adventure week week. So I, I give you a lot of grace. I get it. But after this, we've got to, you know, figure this we got to connect, you know, yeah. we got to be able to, you know, sit down, have a meal, you know, talk and, you know, get, get back into our, it can start to feel like you don't know what's going on in the other person's life because you're spending so much more time with other people, people you're working with. And yeah. so I can, I know that this is like with Caitlin and I, um, it's been a challenge in the past where it's like, I'm around and let's, we'll say Christmas or something. I mean, the, the, Christmas, the big Easter, three, Easter Adventure Christmas, week. Adventure Week, those are like, I mean, we're all here. We're all hands on deck. It's those, are, I mean, that's a specific, those are big, big calls weeks. them all hands yeah. on deck events. Right. Um, and you know, the first couple of times we did this, it was hard because Caitlin was, um, you know, the first Easter I was here, Maverick had pneumonia and she was eight months pregnant. And so like, we're kind of adjusting to, Hey, this is how this is going to be over these weeks. Right. And it just became a, um, a really, it was a really good learning experience because we started to learn that the way that we're going to be able to do this is, Hey, I know Easter's coming up. So let's, let's really connect some time right now, now. Yeah. and and you know let's pay for a babysitter and let's have uh let's have dinner and let's just talk about whatever you want to talk about and yeah. make sure we're on the same page before this starts because if it builds up you know it's for the good. month beforehand and then you have this week where it's literally like i mean we're there you're gone adventure week is like yeah we're all here at 6 30 a.m or whatever this year was different obviously but um with editing till 6 a.m in the morning this year was <laughs> editing yeah um, and it's just, it, it can be really difficult. It can weigh on the family, it can weigh on the wives that are, um, yeah. that are taking care of the kids and, uh, it, it's just challenging. So yeah, making sure that you have that time yeah. to connect before and after and prioritizing, um, prioritize that time. I know one thing for her with Caitlin, with me is, you know, when I get home after, uh, you know, a long day or whatever, if I just go, Hey, I've got the kids. I'll get them. You know, I'll, we'll do bath time. I'll do dinner, bath time, bedtime. Yeah. I'll do all that stuff. And it's just like the amount that she appreciates that. Totally, it's so worth it. Like, and it's yeah. like, am I tired? Yeah, but <laughs> I also miss my kids, and I want to totally. Hang out with them, so, so what are some personal habits that you can share that you, that have helped you grow in your relationship with God mm. throughout? Because you know, being in ministry, sometimes 
your uh, relationship with God can feel like work um, because you're oh, reading, yeah. you're you're preparing your message and your uh, yeah. your devotional time becomes work and you know that kind of stuff. So, what are some oh, personal yeah. habits that you can share uh, that have helped you grow with your relationship in your relationship with God? Yeah. So the um, spiritual disciplines have been a big part of me growing in my relationship with God. Things like uh, solitude, silence, fasting, um, Bible memorization. Um, those types of things have been a big part of my my own discipleship, my own understanding. You know, it's interesting. I'd encourage you who are listening to this to take some of those spiritual disciplines, the classic spiritual disciplines, and to um, bring them into your 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 walk right now with the Lord and uh, see what He does with it. Fasting is one of those things that I never really um, did until I was um, probably my twenties. Um, I did like the 30 hour famine with like youth group and stuff, but that's like, that's different. You know, it's kind of a different, but this is like, you know, this is a, this is a spiritual discipline. So that, and then, you know, not talking for a little bit amount of time and then being alone are, are some good things for you in your, in your focus on the Lord, you know, um, having, you know, many retreats with yourself. Um, these things all ebb and flow with your current place in life, your season that you're in, you know, with kids and stuff like that. But um, you know, going to seminary was a big part of me just kind of also learning some of the things that I can do to deepen my understanding of scripture, yeah. you know? Um, so, um, doing some things like, uh, observations and abs- applications in the, in the scripture. So what I mean by that is just like you, like in college or in, in seminary, they taught us how to do some hermeneutical, um, exercises, which hermeneutics is just the study of the Bible. And one of those things was we were given a passage of scripture and uh, they would say, okay, it's maybe three, four verses. And they said, okay, give us 50 observations from these four verses. And so observations could be anything from there are two people in this, in these three verses. Um, they eat a fish. Um, they're by the water. They're in Galilee or, you know, it's nighttime, it's nighttime or it's brother, sister or whatever. So, and, and as you wade in those scriptures for that amount of time, trying to find 50 observations, and then the week after they came, okay, new one, now you're going to find 75 observations. It just causes you to force yourself to kind of think more about it. So just just those types of things, you know, really soaking into scripture and just learning it. And I like to read, um, I like to read Bible commentaries as well as like a way of devotional time as well, kind of just learning more and more. So different books of the Bible and having scholars write on it and understanding it more. So yeah. Um, yeah, I, I honestly haven't in a while read like a Christian book, you know, I haven't read a Christian book in a while, but, um, I mean, I've been reading the Bible and prayer is also, yeah, the, the Bible same. is a Christian book. The Bible you is a that. Christian book. Yes. Um, so yeah, I would say those things. Cool. Uh, I want to ask you some rapid fire questions here. You can answer them, um, as quick as you want. Uh, they're just going to be some things just to get you, get to know you a little bit more like on a kind of just a surfacey kind of level. So, um, what are your main hobbies now? Uh, golf, um, Pokemon go. <laughs> the <laughs> with, kids are super into with that. My huh? son. Yeah. yeah. Riding some bikes. Uh, I like to, I recently got some fishing poles for Logan and I, so that's been fun. I saw he caught a fish. He did. He that's caught a awesome. fish. We went out to, uh, riverfront regional yeah. out in Windsor beautiful little place i bought a couple little tiny fishing poles Let's for the go, boys man. we and, should go well there. uh it was a little embarrassing oh no because uh you know i haven't haven't fished since i was a kid oh I, gosh i had to facetime my brother who's a very Good avid fish- fisherman yeah. and uh, has caught like you know 60 pound salmon in 
That's uh, awesome. Just, I mean, huge fish. Yeah. And uh, he had to walk me through how to line it. And no, it was embarrassing. It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and we, I'd still, I don't know if the fishing poles are cheap or what, but it just it still didn't work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that'd be great if you. Uh, yeah, let's do it. I love the outdoors. I love going to the beach. I love camping. I love, you know, hiking and being outside. Yeah. And yeah. Just and out. you know what? This area is not bad. No, it's that. not. You it's know, pretty, Turlock and, pretty, and Merced, a little bit harder to be. Yeah. You're, you're closer to Yosemite on the one hand, but you are, you know. It is hot, man. Hotter than hot. Stinking hot. Uh, sports teams. The San Francisco Giants, the 49ers. I needed you. I needed you at the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. It was a terrible experience. You were driving home from Hume, right? I was, yes. And I got caught in the house at the Anderson uh, household where all of these. Bandwagon fanners of. It, well, it was the DraftKings. It was oh, DraftKings. Draft so they had Mahomes on their team or something. And yeah. so they're all rooting for the Chiefs. And so I, they set up a second littler TV in another room. And I had to go in the other room because I was getting so worked oh my, up. Well, you're pretty competitive. Right? I was, And I'm not even that big of a Niner fan. Yeah. But it was just, you know, like my brother's a huge 49er fan. So yeah. it's more like I wanted them to win because I'm, I know my brother wants them to win. And yeah. I remember how bummed he was when they lost in 2012. And so I'm like... Yeah thinking they're going to do it. Then when they, the Chiefs start coming back, I'm just like, I mean, I was, oh, ma- I was mad. No. I had to, I had to yeah. go in the other room. It was pretty funny. I needed some other Niner fans. All Garrett Ward, Garrett Ward likes to say that he was, he was pulling for the Niners. And I was like, yeah, I didn't hear you, buddy. Oh, I, uh, he's I a needed help. Niner fan though. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. So you said you haven't read any, um, Christian books lately, but what is maybe the last book you read? Could you think of one? The last book I besides read. Besides the Bible? Uh, besides the Bible. No, I honestly can't. Very <laughs> embarrassing. Um, gosh, the last book I read, uh, you know, I read a book on fatherhood. Um, I can't even remember the name of the guy who wrote it now that I come, I come to think of it, but you know, um, what about a favorite author? Do you have a favorite author? Do I have a favorite author? No, I, I mean, I have like a favorite book. I really loved, uh, Bob Goff's, uh, Love Does book. Oh, cool. I don't know if you've ever read that one. Uh, I think Caitlin just did. It's a pretty good book. And she's doing. A, she's listening through another Bob Goff book right now. I couldn't. Yeah, tell you what the that title was, a, was that was a really good book uh, that I enjoyed. I love like you know the uh, the books by C.S. Lewis. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, some of those mere Christianity, Screw Tape Letters. Mm-hmm. Those are some great books. Yeah, great um, divorce. Great divorce. Um, yeah, there's just uh, yeah. Yeah, cool. C.S. Lewis, great guy. Really cool to know that him and uh, Tolkien were were buddies and that C.S. Lewis was a big reason why Tolkien finished the story. I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't know yet. Literally the other night, someone told me that, um, that C.S. Lewis convinced Tolkien to, to complete it. Um, the, the Lord of the Rings story. Well, oh, we did talk about a book at staff meeting this last week that I maybe pick up that, uh, oh, yeah. that gospel book. Uh, Anderson, um, Paul Anderson, Paul Washer, Washer. Why did Paul I say Washer. Anderson? It's okay. Oh, the, t- the movie director, Paul Thompson. Uh, what about favorite kind of food? Barbecue. It's nice. Did, yeah. Now, do you vote for the barbecue turkey at Thanksgiving? Uh, what did I vote for this last time? Um, I think I voted. I think I voted for the barbecue. I forget who who did the barbecue, but uh, was it? I don't know. Oh no, Scott. Scott did the barbecue. Yeah, Scott did the barbecue. It was really. I r- I did too. I voted for the barbecue. Flavor. Now that yeah. I think about it, Sean's was way too lemony. <laughs> I liked them all. They all did good. Sean, too much lemon. They all did well. Um, we'll make sure that we, uh, we don't advocate too hard for any one of them because we don't know whose team we're going to be on next year. I got pulled into the Scotty team this year <laughs> to do the, whole uh, other the podcast videos. right there. A whole nother. Yeah. 
What about a favorite vacation spot or dream um, vacation spot? You know, I'll go to my favorite vacation spot. It'd be Santa Cruz. Okay. Uh, That's not that far. I'm gonna... It's not very far because, the, honestly, I grew up every summer that I could remember growing up. We went to summer, so we went to Santa Cruz. Were so you? a little bit of nostalgia, too. A little bit of nostalgia, but like the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, Capitola, uh, just like the beach, that vibe, um, sweatshirts, yeah, and yeah, yeah. tops, and yeah. Bonfires on the beach. That's gr- bonfires on the beach. There's not a whole lot that beats it. No, and you just unless like it's crazy windy. Boogie boarding, wetsuits, ice cream, deep fried foods. You have you guys done uh, Hawaii or anything like that? Uh, we did Maui. Uh, like when Tegan and Logan were really young, we went to the Alani Hotel, which is beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Disney Hotel. Yeah. There, uh, for like a big, huge family. Of like retreat thing, and that was cool. Yeah, so, Disney doesn't Disney doesn't do anything, no. you know, just halfway. They go all no. out. Yeah, so been to been to Maui twice. Cool. Um, all right, you get a day off. You can do anything anywhere. What is it? Anything anywhere? Mm-hmm. I'd want to go. I want to want to go play golf at just like a pristine course, Pebble Beach or something like that. Pebble Beach, Augusta National, you know, Cypress. Is there a uh, top of the list of a golf course you like? You go. I have a dream to play there one day. I mean, I would, I would say, I'd, I'd, I'd want to go to. I, I would probably say Pebble first. Okay, I'd probably say Pebble first, and then, you know, there's some courses overseas that sure. would be super cool to go to. Um, my, my, I, I'd love to go play the course my brother works at too, Chambers Bay. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Bucket list item. Anything you want to to mark off your bucket list? A place you want to go, um, a car you want to drive, whatever That's it is. It can question. be anything. It could be anything. I, you know, I would love to um, go to a, you know, a home game of every baseball team. That'd be cool to be able to like say, a tour across a yeah. across the, the parks. That'd, That'd be, be like take a take an RV or something. Take an RV, you know, just I mean it doesn't have to be all in the same season. Sure. But to say that you've been to every single ballpark in America. How many have you been to? Oh, I don't even know, but quite a bit. Uh Oh, another fun fact. You and I have both witnessed uh no hitters. Yeah. Um or you know what? I mine was a perfect game, but you know I no. was gonna say I didn't see a perfect game. Yes, I got I to be at the Matt Cain perfect game. I was and you got to John see Sanchez. Jonathan Sanchez. Yeah. And yeah. wait, were you part of the the guys that went to back to back games or was that just uh Flanders that was at because he saw like seventeen perfect innings in a row or no hitter innings in a row or something. I did not. Uh which that. is pretty crazy. And he's not even a Giants fan. Good for <laughs> you, John. Um all right. And then uh Let's see. Last thing, uh, dream car, or do you have it? Dream car. I just like I love my Toyota Tacoma. Uh, I I love my truck. I the really truck. do love my truck. I want to get a truck uh, one day too. Love my truck. I've driven a Ferrari. That's before. pretty cool. That was pretty fun. That's awesome. Yeah. In Stockton, there was this like. Group I've on. driven a Dodge Stratus. Dodge Stratus. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's fast, dude. It's. It's super fast. I don't even remember what, what model it was, but it was one of the cool. I ones. did get to drive a uh, a DeLorean. Um, oh wow! Like a, the exact model that's in Back to the Future. Um, a guy in Turlock collected old, uh, just collectible cars, and that thing was a piece of garbage. It was oh my gosh! It was terrible. Um, stick shift, and I I was four at least cylinder. Glad I knew how to drive it. Um, but it was yeah, it was not. I'm also tall, so getting into that, it's tiny. The doors open up, you know. Yeah. So, well, John, anything else that you uh, you want to share with everybody? Interesting facts about you, fun fact that you think, hey, this would be fun for you to know. Hey, I have had a hole in one before. I, I, I should have said that. I had a hole in one before. It just came to my mind uh, on Father's Day. I forget which year it was, how old I was, but I was like in I was in high school. 
You were in high school. I was in high school. Wow. Had a hole in one on a par three. Still course. talking about it. Oh, how about this? Uh, you've got. So is that it? If I said uh, ESPN's playing all time uh, top ten plays of Jonathan Knapp's athletic career, oh is that gosh. top one? Is that number one? It's got to be top. Yeah. What would be number two? Uh, you know, it it might be in, in water polo. We had a we had a big game, and I made the the game winning goal. You be- and Garrett Ward, man, you guys are clutch. Apparently, Garrett yeah. Ward hit a buzzer beater to win a playoff game. Yeah. Um, Good for him. Shot a low round in our section tournament one time. So you're you've got Golf. you've got the mamba mentality. Yep. I uh well gosh, I you're gonna compare me to <laughs> to Kobe, man. That's a big <laughs> to deal. one of the to one of the eight greatest basketball players L- of all time. Literally he is. Yeah. But yeah, some baseball ones, uh some soccer ones. I had a header in soccer one time, that was cool. Did you, did you flip? Uh no, no, I didn't do a flip. I There's, just, uh, that'd well, be awesome though. I listened to yesterday, I heard Will Farrell talking about how he'll ref his kids' soccer games, but he'll be like the sideline or whatever that's called. Yeah, and so people don't notice him until like halfway through the first half, <laughs> they'll start to be like, Wait, is that is that, is that Will Ferrell? And then he's like, then a kid will come over to do a throw in on the side and he'll like double take at me and he'll look up and then he starts pointing to me and looking at his friends and That's awesome. people are like, what's Will Ferrell doing repping a, so- a youth <laughs> soccer game? And he said, it's one of the funnest things he does That's because awesome. people are so confused by That's it. That's so awesome. Yeah. But yeah. All right, man. Uh, well, thanks for coming down and doing this. Appreciate it. People will get to know you a little bit more. So uh, don't forget, we've got our services on the lawn again right now. So if you want to come check that out, um, we've got the tent up. It's really cool. We've got a great setup out there. Um, are you going to be teaching anytime soon, John? You know, I'm not sure. Probably pretty soon. I know that uh, we've got one guy coming in in a couple weeks, but um, yeah, I, I'm sure. I, I was actually going to be speaking at first Wednesday this last week, but it just it's been a crazy time. So yeah, yeah. trying to get trying to get some students, small groups up off the ground, cool. and, and uh, kind of rally there. So. Great. Well, thanks for coming down, man. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. We will uh, see you next week. Thanks so much for joining us on the Spring Hills Podcast. I wanted to remind you that you can join us for Church on the Lawn this weekend, Saturday night at 5.30, Sunday morning, 8.15, 9.30, or 11.15. Or you can join us online at all of those same times. We will have the service streaming live. Or you can check out the service on demand via our YouTube channel anytime you want. And also on that YouTube channel, we have all of our Next Gen Ministries videos. There's stuff on there for preschool, jam-packed first through fourth graders, Club 5-6, and student ministries as well. I also wanted to remind you about the brand new segment that we started here on the Spring Hills Podcast last week. It's called Beyond the Stage. Now that's where we bring in different members of the worship team. We get to know them a little bit more, and then we discuss what it means to be a worshiper both on and off the stage. It's been a lot of fun. We've recorded a few episodes already, but as I said, we did post our first one last week. It's episode number 16 here on the Spring Hills podcast feed. So check that out and look forward to more in the future. Have a wonderful week. I hope we get to see you this weekend, either on the lawn or online. We'll see you soon.